Hi, this is Kevin Allison from the Risk Podcast. You are listening to Massocast, and it is for adults only. So have fun. Hey, and thanks for downloading another episode. So this episode uh, it goes back to Test Fest. Saad and I went to a went to a, a presentation done by uh, these two great people, D'Artagnan and Melody. We saw their presentation on hypnosis, and actually, like halfway through. Uh, I don't know if Saad turned to me or I turned to Saad, but we've got to have these people on the show. And so we invited them on. They came to our hotel room, and that's what you're about to hear is uh, hypnosis. As a result, Saad's really into this stuff, and we'll probably be talking more about hypnosis uh, in the future. But uh, take a listen. So welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, D'Artagnan and Melody. Yes. Yes. And... um, so we, uh, Saad and I took your class this morning, or yesterday, sorry, about mm-hmm. uh, here at Test Fest, and it was about hypnosis, pet play, and as soon as we were done watching, we were like, we gotta, we got to ask them if they'll be on the show. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Incredibly interesting stuff. And, uh, well, we'll get into the, to the class itself, but first let's talk more about you guys and the uh, your personal relationship and how you started in kink, what brought you to Test Fest. How about we you want to start with you, D'Artagnan? So? All right, let's start, yeah, let's start our own personal private experiences. I got into the kink scene after uh, successfully alienating all my colleagues in art school <laughs> <laughs> and having a friend of mine say, hey, here's a party you like, and me being like, no, parties are awful, and being an obnoxious, you know, little twat like that. And he's like, no, honestly, come to this party. I went there, I loved it. Went again and again, met up with my first scene partner then, who was like, who said, you need to meet this person who does hypnosis, Mr. Dream, MR Dream on FetLife. Uh, he runs the test hypnosis sig with um, Zany M, uh, his partner who's also a fantastic hypnotist, uh, of which I'm currently the co-coordinator of. Okay, and so but I went this. to yes, I, I went to this class with the mentality that this is dumb, is not going to work, and is totally fake. Right. I left with ah, oh, he's a wizard. I want to be a wizard. Make me a fucking wizard. <laughs> so the next few months uh, to a year that I was playing with kind of turned into, especially with this one partner who had got me into hypnosis, turned into. Hypnosis boot camp, rope boot camp, me uh, learning what best worked on people and what felt the best, how to do it, and how to make it as strange, creative, and sadistic as possible. I mean, like one of the jokes I used to tell, it's, and you're under and your bones are on fire. (laughs) (laughs) So I started getting really into that, really into that, until uh, one class, Mr. Dream mentions a thing he saw where someone was hypnotically vivisected. Uh... And the first thing I thought is, I'm not going to do that yet, uh, followed by, but I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> so I practiced that. I learned a lot about body and pain play, and I did hypnotic vivisection at presentation. That went well. I was asked to start teaching. I think I taught, I don't know sure I taught classes or became the co-coordinator with, uh, with Zanium once Mr. Dream became a board member of Yule and Spiegel Society. But I started co-coordinator i started teaching more often and eventually down the line save for a few antics i found myself presenting at nihu new england erotic hypnosis unconference it's a fantastic um uncon um up in new england area connecticut area and here at test fest for the first time which i'm so happy to be doing yeah and that's out of just this is my 
I think I've just either passed or I'm coming on. No, I've passed my second year in the scene. I'm two years in the scene. I'm very grateful to have gotten the information I have so quickly and hit the ground running presenting. That's really fast. Go from two years, your first party, to presenting. Yeah. That's a really big... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's... Meteor we're, in, we're in the same club. Awesome. <laughs> I, I appreciate the fist bump. So I, I, I want to I get into like the nitty-gritty of erotic mm-hmm. hypnosis. But first, Melody, can we get your, your backstory, how you got into kink and uh sure i i knew i was kinky from a very young age my friend turned me on to the provocacy blog and i saw her talking about um them talking about doing like kink parties and like sitting in cages and like hanging out with people and i was like yep that's what i want to do i'm going to do that so when i turned 18 i went to my first uh test party not test party but my first tng party had a great time there I was at col- in college at the time, away from New York, so I didn't really get a chance to really mingle in the kink scene. About a year ago, I started really getting into the kink scene, um, started going to a bunch of parties, uh, met up with someone who introduced me to D'Artagnan, and they introduced me to hypnosis. I was also very skeptical about mm-hmm. it at first. Um, but now it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Had you ever been hypnotized before? Um, before him? Before it being in the kink and sexual context. No, I just knew about it as like a stage hypnosis thing. I've seen it happen like when I went on vacation and they yeah. were doing shows like that. Sure. But nothing to me. You are a chicken! <laughs> <laughs> That's the only, whenever I think of hypnosis, I think of that. It's an old kids in the hall sketch. But, um, so okay, so let's. And I'm sure this is the, one of the top things on Sod's mind too. Is is how do you get started? I mean, what's the first thing if someone says, "I want to start hypnotizing people. I want to give them uh, orgasms every time I say Guadalajara," <laughs> or whenever they see Mount Rushmore, they get an erection. Or, you know. <laughs> I'd be the last person to ask about orgasms, but right. um, I started going to classes. So classes taught by experienced tra- uh, taught people in your local BDSM scene. If that doesn't exist, uh, the book I recommend is Mind Play by um, Mark Wiseman, Wise Guy on Fet Life. Which I know sounds like a plug. I like these have been, but honestly, these are the resources I use. Yeah. It's a very good one-on-one starter book that goes into intermediate to advanced techniques. And if you have to learn through a book how to get someone to trance and you want to do recreational hypnosis, kinky hypnosis, erotic hypnosis, that's the book. The guy wrote the book on kinky hypnosis and that's Mind Play by uh, Mark Wiseman. We saw that. That was actually part of in the in the package they give you I here. S- I saved oh, the little yeah. postcard right. for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> good. It's on Kindle. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a very good book. It's a great jumping off point. But if you're not the online buyer type and you're saying I'm broke and you have a local community, I'd say reach out to that local community and find a way that you can be taught to hypnotize someone in a you know risk aware and consensual space. Can you give us like the just the the basics the the give us the cliff notes of the book or your getting, if, if, yeah just just the how I, does I can, it work how does I hypnosis can do the, work I can do the cliff notes of getting someone to trance yeah um and this is my technique this is how I how it works for me your experience may vary if you ask them what hypnosis is you will get thirty different answers right. from thirty different people. First step, negotiation. Let them know what you're going to do. I'll tell us when I'm going to get them into a hyper-focused, often relaxed state where 
the most pertinent thing they're going to hear is my voice, my suggestions, and the thing I am telling them to hone in on. I want to make sure they know what they're getting themselves into. Not just as a kingster, but as an ethical person, I really think consent's important. I know that's a kind of obvious statement, but I feel the need to mention it. So first step would be to tell them what we're doing and give them an education on what I'm going to do to them. So we just get them to trance. So I have a question for Melody on Mm -hmm. that. So when they're hyper-focused on you and they're really focusing on your voice and everything Mm -hmm. you're saying... At the same, well, in like from what we saw, you know, you're able to say, I guess, specific phrases or something, or turn your head towards her, but then also speak to everyone generally about what you're doing and what's going on. What is that experience like for you when you're so hyper focused on everything he's saying and he's not talking to you, but talking about you and lecturing about you? Does that kind of like create this cognitive dissonance in your head, um, or do you just tone it out? Not really. I. I'm kind of an exhibitionist, uh, so being a demo bottom for classes is one of my favorite things. I get to just sit there and have everyone pay attention to me. Um, when they talk to me with intent, I understand that this is the thing that I need to put into my head, and this is the thing that's actually going to do something to me. When they're talking about me to other people, I'm just like, okay, I'm wandering now. <laughs> And, and then he says, like, a trigger does a trigger, and it kind of, like, brings you back into focus from your mental wandering, or am I misunderstanding? The no, wandering? they don't need to do a trigger. It's when I can, there's a different intent. Like, when they're talking to me, there is, they're talking to me. Mm-hmm. And then they turn and talk to other people, and I understand that that's not directed at me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I am here. I am in the place where they just left off. I hear what they're saying, but that's not for me. Mm-hmm. So when you were... Uh, Let's say outside of a uh, a demo or a presentation, mm-hmm. just uh, you're sitting around the house and you decide to do this, mm-hmm. um, and you're in a trance. Can you explain what that feels like? I mean, I always imagine it being in like subspace without the pain or something. I don't know. <laughs> but what is it? What, I mean, what does it feel like for you when you're in, um, in a trance? Well, the physical things is my body starts relaxing. I get like kind of tingly and more at ease. My mind stops racing. It's very much like the subspace for me in that the goal of subspace for me is that my mind stops racing, that I have this thing to focus on. And this gives me a thing to focus on. And that's the only important thing that I need to pay attention to. You always remember in the cartoons... You know, the person's eyes would turn into pinwheels or something like that. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> wish that actually happened. Right. It's so fun. It would be easy to identify, right? There, there are identifying traits. Uh, I was going to get into that. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, so I start having someone focus on a thing, just something. I, could you scoot in just a little oh, bit? Oh, absolutely. Not, not, not there, perfect. Yeah. Perfect? Okay, fantastic. Uh, so I have them focus on a part of the wall, on just something to start them off. And this is for a first induction. Then... I have them recall a place uh, where they go to read a book, watch a television show. The place you go when you're doing something and someone needs to call your name five times to to turn your head. (laughs) If you can go there, which I feel like almost anyone can or has at one time in their life, you can be hypnotized. From that point, I will usually cheat and suggest the actual telltale signs of someone going into trance. Everything starts slackening up a bit. The face relaxes, the eyebrows drop, shoulders drop. Everything just kind of slumps a tiny bit. Eyelids start to flutter, eyes are a bit red, glass over, jaw might drop. And I just have them do that. 
I ask them to consider how it feels. If they're verbal, maybe respond to how it feels. And then I just do a countdown. Then if it works, we talk about how it worked. If it doesn't, I have found a new way not to hypnotize that person. Sure. It's a learning opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm part of the reason I love experimental hypno- hypnosis and how experimental uh, kinky hypnosis is, is because as long as you understand the person's limits, I feel, and understand what's okay in that scene, mistakes become a huge learning experience with any kink, I feel. Mm-hmm. I've tried personally um, to be hypnotized by many different practitioners um, for various reasons, like quitting smoking, or Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine has a sub that she hypnotized every time he wears his pearl collar, his nipples become his clit, and he can orgasm from it. I'm like, that's so fun. I want to come from my nipples. (laughs) I have no sensitivity Uh, in my nipples on my So like, yes, do this to me. And I found that every time somebody else was trying to hypnotize me, the best way I can describe my experience of it is like trying to be like, really open myself up and be uh, ready, willing, and able to listen to them and like make that real for myself. But my experience is like, I don't know if you ever read the Harry Potter books themselves. Mm-hmm. This was left out of the movies because you can't film inside somebody's own personal dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But when Snape is working with Harry Potter to help him resist the various forbidden curses, like the ones about mind control and stuff, and he starts to do it, and the little voice inside his head is listening to Snape saying, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot shut that off. So now I'm trying to learn self-hypnosis, you know, by, like, staring at a Post-it note or whatever on the wall to, like, help with, like, pain things. Like, you go to the doctor and you have to have a painful procedure, but they're not going to put you under. You know, like, just being able to self-hypnotize by, like, focusing on something, like... Some people say it's like, I'm too dominant of a personality. I'm not submissive enough to be suggestive. But hypnotic states are natural states Mm -hmm. for the brain. You cycle in and out of them throughout the day, whether or not you focus on it or even realize it. I have a thing to say about that voice in your head. um, That sometimes that voice doesn't really matter. uh, Because a thing that we were doing last night, um, he told me that I wouldn't be able to get like I was going to count to five and I wouldn't be able to get the number five out. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to let this work. No, I don't want to do that. I'm going to say five. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And it's going to be, and you're going to be bad at the hypnotism. And I just, I still couldn't get it out. I will say you're also a partner of mine who I've been playing with for just under a year now. And are, I believe have a level of faith in what I do. <laughs> okay, so no one could see the head shake from the other end of the podcast, but there was a head shake. Um, lies, lies. But I don't know if it's going with it. Not, I'm not going to say just um, hard and fast for all things, but I've had people laugh and go into trance. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen someone go deep into trance laughing hysterically. Something about it was funny. If you think the entire process of hypnosis is ridiculous... Let it work being ridiculous. Acknowledge that you're going along with this stupid, funny experience um, being directed by this guy who thinks he has mind control powers or something. <laughs> and I feel like if what is if what it honestly is to you is ridiculous, you will do yourself a bigger favor letting it be ridiculous and going along with the ridiculousness than trying to make us something different. I don't think it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know some people do, but I'm I have full faith in... The brain and its suggestibility and the power of hypnosis, especially over experiences with pain and and how the mind processes those mental things. Um, 
maybe it's just a matter of like I never did more than four or five sessions with anyone I mean, and I wasn't really intimately involved with any of them and so allowing them into me and to have that control over me maybe that's was it what was working for me I do want to say that getting into trance and getting into trance easily and effectively is a is a learned skill mm-hmm. um when I very first started I, I was just like I don't know I I guess I kind of felt like tingly and relaxed I I don't know maybe I think I might just be doing it wrong mm-hmm. and now they can wiggle their fingers in front of me and I'm down mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a matter of trust and it's just yeah. a, it, like you said it's a learned skill mm-hmm. whenever you hear erotic hypnosis you know, there's one thing that comes to mind, or several things, but they're always like, you are my thrall type of thing, you know, this type of thing. That, uh, and the person is, uh, you know, more than just the slave, you know, you control their entire mind. That's the whole idea of that. Mm-hmm. So when you're negotiating a scene like that, obviously there are ethical, you, the person has to trust you, you're not going to take advantage of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. So how does a how does a scene like that work out? You talk it out beforehand, you say, okay, we're going to do this, you're going to, you know, make your nipples on fire, <laughs> or, you know, whatever. These are the things that are going to happen. You talk about it like that detailed, or do you just say, hey, I don't want to know what's going to happen, but I want to, you know... Um, I do want to say that if you're playing with a new partner, one of the things that you put that is very recommended that you put in as a suggestion is if you ever feel uncomfortable, like things are too much, like you need to say red, you can say red, you can come out of trance, that is all perfectly fine. And that should be part of the induction and the suggestion, especially if it's a new partner. Yeah. Creating a safe space for them even inside their own mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say... Let's say uh, Sutton and I get into this, and and I, she, I know she's very interested in it. So let's say we get into this, and um, I'm a little nervous because I'm worried that she's going to have me running around the apartment building in a two, you know in a tutu. I'll finally get him in those six inch high heels, so that, <laughs> and they won't uh, even hurt. Right, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be walking oh. around singing, you know, Oh Susanna with a banjo, invisible band, you know. Um, but when you're starting out like that, something like that, how do you? When you're negotiating, especially early on, mm-hmm. the submissive in this case probably ha- has a certain thing they want to try, mm-hmm. uh, and the top maybe has something they want to try. Do you talk about every little thing, or do you just say, "All right, I'm going to fuck with your mind. You're going to be totally safe, but I'm going to fuck." With-. How does that? Everything that's going to be in the scene, I talk about. If someone ever wants to be like surprised or do a thing, I'll say, "Okay, give me five to six things that we can negotiate and right. make sure you're okay with." And at the very least, one of those five to six things what we do, but I want to make sure, especially with someone I'm starting off with and don't have a con-non-con relationship with, I want to make sure they know what's going to happen, or at least understand what we're going to try to make happen, and if any error comes out of that, it's a method of mistake happening, we can talk about that, not me or whoever the hypnotist is intentionally going against what we discussed initially. Right. I, Like I said, I'm very supportive of consent, and trust makes it work. I mean, it's over half the person being hypnotized. It's the hypnosis, hypnosis words, how they phrase things, but ultimately, the person is bringing themselves into trance with the guidance of the hypnotist, mm-hmm. uh, not someone projecting their hypno-mind laser into someone and making their brain go down. Right, right. <laughs> so... It's not the Jade Scorpion. Yeah, if, I mean, if... <laughs> Only oh, that'd be a really cool kinky thing, but I 
I very much believe in making them understand what what's going to happen, and uh, trust is a huge element of making it work. Side note, uh, Hypno Mind Laser is the name of our new album we're putting out. <laughs> uh, drops I mean, next week. Drops next week. <laughs> yes. Look, look, look in your local record store, kids. Um, so, if someone is really interested in this, how do they? Uh, and if you know they're they're looking all over for a dom or or, mm-hmm. or a hypno, hypnotist to do this, what are the telltale signs that this person is safe? Or what are the way? What are the things they should look for? Is it just like any other type of play? They should ask around. Is this person? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd say yeah. It's kind of like that. I mean, as long as the person. Again, I love Rack, Risk Aware, Consensual King. Yeah. I, as long as the person's willing to negotiate with them, it's not as much a matter of skill level. Because there are plenty of people who are very skilled who I know don't have the best consent models, and there are people who are first timers who have been fantastic about letting everyone know they're new at this and have been wonderful about their partner's needs or their some of the times needs, right. and it just a matter of someone who is willing to help that person meet those needs, willing to negotiate and willing to make sure both parties are understood before anything happens. Mm -hmm. And like as a bottom to hypnosis, as a subject, you want to like have very, very, very clearly in your own head that nobody can make you do things that you don't want to do. Even if you're in trance, even if you're not really like hyper aware of your entire surroundings, if somebody suggests something that is very against what you would normally do, it's not going to, you don't need to let it happen. He couldn't make you rob a bank unless you wanted to rob a bank. Exactly. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> it's why I'm really afraid of ever doing a bank robbing suggestion because I feel like you might go through with that. No, why would I ever do something like that? I am a sweet, innocent person. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your pet play because that's how this. Yes, right. That's how the whole thing uh, kind of came in the the presentation. We went. You want to talk about your your aspects to pet play, Melody, and what what your connection is to that? Um. Well, my like kitten space is very much integrated in my general personality. It's not like a sectioned off thing. It's just part of who I am, and I am. I go. I generally say my I am a kitten raised by wolves. Because you're specific. I'm very specific because I have lots of big dog-like tendencies. I growl and bite and play fetch and stuff, and people like to call me a puppy, but I'm not a puppy. sound like a mountain lion to me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a bobcat? Bobcat. Bobcats are cute. I'm a savannah cat. That's like my specific head thing. That's interesting. Yeah, do you I like, like that you have a specific breed of cat. Right. You're like, I'm not a domesticated American house cat like Tabby or like one of those Persians right. or whatever. Like, that links. actually came from... <laughs> I, I got that breed because my friend showed me these forums that break down animal personalities oh, and yeah. like I went through a bunch of them. The Savannah cat really resonated with me as the type of personality that I have and the type of personality that cat has. And it's like a semi-feral, semi-domestic cat that very fits with me, and I was very happy with it. So in when he hypnotized you to grow a tail, you said it was very bushy and fluffy. Do savannah cats have very bushy, fluffy tails? Um, their tails are very much like kind of like tiger type tails. I just like fluffy, and it felt fluffy, so I said fluffy. <laughs> Do you have a name? Do you, did you have you? I know some people who have. Uh, you know, when, when they're in, especially a puppy play scene, they go by 
Mr. Bojangles or something, you know, <laughs> or something. Do, have you, do, is it, or are you just you? I'm just me. I'm yeah. still Melody, uh, Melody Mel. I know that they enjoy, they very much see my pet space more of like, they call me a boy when I'm in pet space. And, and I well, think that's adorable and I love it. And so, and this is, that sounds like that's been part of you your entire life. You mm-hmm. just sort of identified that and was able to focus on that specific thing. Mm-hmm. And, you incorporate hypnotism in your pet play as well. Mm-hmm. You want to describe that because was, that was what the whole thing was about that we went to. It was really <laughs> yeah. interesting. You said it was. You went, might have called it transformation play. Yeah, I was saying I'm thinking of uh, rebuilding that class as transformation play and hypnosis. Parentheses. I'm a fairy goddamn princess, and so can you. <laughs> I am a fairy goddamn princess. Can you explain what you were doing in the class and how that how that incorporates with pet play? The advantage I have with a lot of my partners and their like pet headspaces is they can just go there. I don't need to hypnotically induce any of those headspaces. So I thought, what can I do as a hypnotist? And I thought a lot of it was mind follows the body. So I make someone feel like their hands are paws. They'll act like I have paws. They'll act off the assumption of what something like that does. It also helps that all my partners know significantly more about animals than I do. So I'll be like, well, that has good hearings. Actually, no, Matt, it doesn't. <laughs> and then I'll have to work around that. So it taught me how to be vague in the right places and um, how to stick very much to the physical. So I'll do everything from hands feel like paws, uh, there feels like a tail going out of the back, you know, adding different limbs, uh, like in the anime to a scorpion, which is really weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of it was just how can I physically transform how someone perceives themselves and have that augment the pet play aspect. It wasn't hypnosis in lieu of pet play. It was hypnosis to augment pet play. That's kind of hypnosis is for me. It's the hot sauce of kink, which I'm totally stealing from Zany M. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Melody, it seemed like when you had when you had pause, you seemed to be a little more scratchy or uh, you seemed to be more interested in using them. Yeah, because that's what I was focused on. They had me focusing on my paws, so I was very aware of them. And if this is the thing that I am thinking about, I'm going to do things with it. Right. One thing that I've always been curious, especially with the sod she's been, I didn't know she was this into into. Uh, hypnosis until this weekend. Psychology student. She's 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 shown some interest in the past, but I'm curious. Like there are some things. Sod is just some of the things she would like sexually. Just it's illegal in like half the states, and it's like you know, man on a wire type of stuff. Owning as many dildos as I do is illegal. Requires special equipment. (laughs) I have to sign an insurance waiver. I mean, some of this stuff is really, and I'm a little apprehensive. Could hypnosis? Help me relax about some of those things. Is that, or, uh oh, there's a look. He's giving a look like, uh. If you want to relax about those things and that's something you act going to work towards too, yes. Um, that being said, I would never tell anyone to use hypnosis on someone for something they didn't know they wanted to like. Right. So if you have something you're like, oh, I wish I wasn't so eh about that, but I am, then yeah, absolutely. If your goal is to be less eh about that, do it. But if you're just, nope, that's not my bag, and someone's saying, well, we can make it your bag, and you're not down with that, red flags all over the place for me. Yeah, but, like, for example, I think something it would work for is when we do the blood paintings. I do blood paintings. That's so cool. Out of erectile blood. That is and so much cooler. Oh, my God. Sorry. 
It's, it's a dual portrait of the sadist and the masochist. <laughs> um, so it's blood that has to come from an erect penis with pricks from, you know, individually wrapped safe sterile needles and everything. And then I use that blood to paint onto canvas. And <laughs> we've, we've done it. And, and before me, his penis bleeding, I think he would say hands down, was always a hard limit. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to do this with me. And he genuinely wants to do it with me. The hypnosis could help in saying, like, you're going to feel me prick your penis, but it's going to feel like a light kiss. Mm-hmm. Or, if, like, changing how your mind processes that sensation. Yeah, I mean, or oh, definitely. Like, if, having if, the dial If that's the what you and, want, and it's like, want, if that's what you want, yeah, right. go for it. You can do that. That's yeah. a set mm-hmm. of champagne, not blood. Yeah, that's, <laughs> if, that's, if that's what you guys want to do, you right. know what you're doing, and that's your where you're doing, then yeah, go for it. That sounds awesome. No one could see at home the huge grin on my face when you... <laughs> When you said penis paint blood, right. penis blood painting, right. I, that sounds so cool. I um, uh, mean, being said that it's possible to do, it does vary person to person yeah. the types of things. Because I know I'm not that great with like taste and smell type stuff. I that those type of uh, sens- sensory suggestions don't really resonate with me. Right. So it does vary person to person what really works with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, then, so what would would you say is the very first step? She's beginning beginner at this. I'm a beginner at this. Downloading the book, I would I suppose think. The, going through the book, right? Asking Mr. Dream and yourself when your next classes yeah. are at mm-hmm. test because I'm local. I mean, there's the hypno lounge. Oh yeah, no, no um, Zany M and myself again. Are she's coordinator. I'm co coordinator of the New York City um, erotic hypnosis thing. So we run those monthly, right? And uh, the three of them, you know, Zany Morgan, uh, Zany M, um, myself, and Mr. Dream, were all going to be running the uh, the Hypno Lounge here at Test Fest. And you don't need to be a veteran? No, no. We, I, I'm happy if you come down, if you ask me, hey, teach me to hypnotize someone, I'll do it. And the first step is learning how to hypnotize someone and how to get them into trance. So if you want to come down and learn that way, I'd be happy to well, teach I you. I guess I do. <laughs> so what about, and I know this is all... What about like ongoing things? Like obviously, if it's a situation where it's something that uh, is very, uh, very specific for the moment, as opposed to let's say, for example, every now and again, uh, I will forget to when I do all the dishes. I will forget to like check like the bottom, like at the bowl. I will forget to look at the very bottom of the bowl. The inside of the bowl will be spotless. It was stacked on another dirty dish, you right? Know, like that. I problem. will just forget, you know, forget all about it. And then so she will look this, look at this, and then it's ten demerits. That's ten demerits right there. That's like that's not on my permanent permanent record. So, uh, is there something that that we that she could do down the road. Hypnotize hyper focus on the cleanliness of his clothing. Yeah, totally. So uh-huh. it's like I'm like, always You're like, gonna really see that dirt and grime, and every time you see that dirt and grime, you're gonna be so focused you just have to scrub it away. Right. You, Cannot you, suffer it to exist. You <laughs> just use the language for that. Yeah, that you that that's your hypnotic language for that scene. Get um if he's down with it, get Good him into trance and say it. that. Yeah. <laughs> just play the recording. Just right. Get him under play the recording. <laughs> So okay, well that's good. That's really cool. That's stuff we can we can work on in the in the future too. We shall suffer no dirt to live. That's right. <laughs> um, what about things like ongoing? I, I had surgery not too long ago, and there's still pain from the surgery. Uh, is that something that can be helped as well? Is it possible to, if you're under constant pain, is that something that is is possible to kind of? Mitigating pain can be done. I'd say that's more of a job for someone who does a professional or therapeutic hypnosis. Sure. Uh, I'm sorry, I said professional. I should have said therapeutic because I absolutely see hypnotic sex work as a uh, real profession. But 
that'd be, I think, a job for him, a therapist. It's definitely doable. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely seen it done. And I've definitely mitigated pain based on the scenes and whatnot. Yeah, hypnosis is wildly popular Mm -hmm. in the medical community for pain management, Mm -hmm. especially for people that can't um, metabolize uh, either anesthesia or Tylenols and things like that. Mm -hmm. They're loving hypnosis for uh, helping people recover quicker from surgeries. And and I do want to take um, the courses necessary to become a clinical hypnotist to do that kind of thing. But right now in my career, I wouldn't feel confident saying anything either way about that. Sure. But there are definitely like long-lasting triggers that you can put in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What other aspects other than the pet thing? Like, what 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 common things do you use hypnosis in 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 play? Or do you do focus around the pet play? Or what are the uh, so torture? Other? Torture? Can you go? Oh, expand? do torture. Uh, so making someone's lungs shut off, making someone feel like their bones are being filled with like hot lead or something, making someone feel like they're being sliced open, making someone feel like their eyes are being sewn shut, making someone feel like their eyes are being popped out. I do a thing where I just massage the size of someone's eyeball and make it, and just kind of stick the finger kind of in there and make it feel like it's going deeper and deeper into the back of the eye socket. I <laughs> absolutely <laughs> love spinal removal because then, then we get to talk about you know, losing How have we the not lens. met before? <laughs> I, I feel like you're my... Child that I dropped off at the fire department. Or something. <laughs> I mean, where were you? What fire department were you near 23 years ago? <laughs> so, so I mean, that sounds like insanely. That's insane. That's yeah, absolutely it's, insane. It's stuff that I could not do in real life without killing a person. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing with hypnosis is things I would it would kill a person in real life, so I want to do it in their brain. Yeah, <laughs> like we do we do death play, and yeah, they absolutely. had like blood all drained from my body. Great. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> And you can tell by how fast I started talking into it, I got, I love that stuff. So are there any uh, things that don't that you do that don't sound like they come from the Spanish Inquisition? Is do you there... want to talk, or would you be comfortable talking about age play stuff? Sure. I mean, uh, if you are, but if not, we can talk about it. Not, uh, not in extensive detail, but yeah, we can bring it up. I mean, that I... I had this book I have gnosis metaphors and suggestions and one of the first ideas I got about age play stuff was like oh there's a whole regressive therapy thing and I look like oh therapists don't think that people who do this are totally nuts great it's so I'm like (laughs) I guess as long as it falls under the rest of the I think DSM-5 which is saying that we're we're, that we're not criminally insane like yeah I'll try it sure (laughs) and yeah I'll try it became a real fascination stuff I do with Mel here Mm-hmm. You want to talk more about that? Because that's more your forte than mine. Um, well, I'm very much a little in general. So the same way that pet my kitten space is very much part of me, my little is very much part of me. Um, I don't really do age play outside of hypnosis because I don't really regress. I just have that be part of me. Mm-hmm. But when we do hypnosis and we do the age regression, there is a definite line where I can feel the different ages that they suggest. And it's actually really cool because if I go under five years old, I just start speaking Russian. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think part of my comfort with this is the fact that there are no sexual kinks for me. And this is not in any way meant uh, to shame anyone who's, a se- who's sexual with age play. I right. completely understand that that's a simple thing, and I in no way uh, want to shame that. Yeah. That no one saw Mel's wave, but... <laughs> I very much am sexual with my age play, not not with them. That's so, like, even, like, getting into erotic hypnosis is very much a how do I do the thing that isn't turning someone's finger into a clit. Right. Because <laughs> I want nothing to do with genitalia. Right. So a lot of it was just very arts and experimental, which I guess is why I um, had an easy, not a super easy time. There was a lot of like guilt and shame involved in that, but I 
a reason I have I don't top jump all too often and I have a pretty easy time uh, trying new things is because I feel there is a certain social stigma on sex. Sure. And having been raised with that stigma, I have a very easy time working around it because sex is not part of my behavioral vocabulary. Sure. So in, in your in your torture, and since you take sex out of it, it sounds like you you that enables because a, a lot of people would be tempted to incorporate sex with it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, every everyone listening, every every person listening to this who's really into the idea of the erotic side of it is immediately thinking, I can finally get Betty from accounting to be a insatiable sex addict you know, or something. <laughs> Because you you don't have that aspect of it, it's not that you you focus more. You can focus more on. You're not distracted. Yeah. I guess. Um, That's amazing. I don't know if it's not funny. if distracted is like the right type of thing because I I had been doing hypnosis for maybe six months and and we went to Mr. Dream's class on hypnosis and SM. And they demoed a thing that was turn your clit into your thumb is now your clit. Uh, we're going to hurt it now. And I was like, that's a thing that's possible. I didn't even realize that because I do hypnosis in a very non-sexual way. And Sorry. it's like didn't even occur to me that that's part of the toolbox. Right. Have you experienced that or is it? Um, I have yet to do in-depth hypnosis with anybody but D'Artagnan, uh, so it's definitely a thing that I am hoping to try. I recently got a new sexual partner that I'm like, do hypnosis. Come come to the classes. Do horrible things to me. <laughs> it sounds like it, you sort of opened the door to this new way of doing it, and you, you're sort of like, well, without it, it's, it's sort of, it sounds like you've you've discovered really high quality beer and you don't want to go back to Bud Light again, that kind of thing. I mean, like, like they said, uh, it's like the hot sauce right? and Mm -hmm. it just enhances a lot of things because you can't do a lot of, you can't do death play. Uh, it really enhances if you do role playing, it really enhances your headspace, uh, because it gives you that very, very fleshed out person that you want to be. Uh, and I think that that really, really helps in any kind of scene that I would want to do. If we could incorporate hypnosis into it, it just makes it that much more intense. Do you understand what they mean by hot sauce, my my dear Norwegian? Yes. I yes. mean, I don't. I'm very, very anti spicy food ever, so I use that as a metaphor. But so, don't use it on my food. I, I like the idea of being able to maybe get into role play. Through hypnosis, because right now my brain—he doesn't like to speak when he's in either sub time or sexy time. Mm-hmm. My brain's shut off, right? My brain's shut off. Like about you that. ask him to speak, and he's like, "What?" what? And w- if I have to, <laughs> and there is a like if we do like if we we haven't even tried. I just can't do the role play thing. Like to give you an example, if if we did the pizza delivery guy and the college co-ed who doesn't have enough money, I'd show. I'd be like. Why would you order pizza if you don't have enough money? <laughs> and if you're trading all of your food for sex, I mean that's not a hel- that's not a healthy thing, you know. You could get I, so much more out of the sex right. than just pizza. Right, that's exactly. worth more. Yeah, this has got to be some really expensive pizza. I don't, I don't know if hypnosis is going to change who you are at your core. It definitely won't change who you are at your core, but it will put you into a mindset 
of some other part of you or some other person that you want to be. Maybe we could do regression. We'll turn you into a 13-year-old who still remembers how to do imaginative play. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll tell you that I am 15. Right. And you'll be like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a thing. So we've talked about a lot of the awesome things that can be done. What are the, what are some of the things that people should be careful of or be wary of uh, when doing hypnosis? I'm going to let Mel feel that because I don't bottom and I feel a lot of what to be wary of uh, should be started from the bottom perspective. What to be wary of? Um, well, there are definitely things that go wrong. Like you say something and it triggers a part of their brain that is, no, this is bad. I can't deal with this. Can and you give an example maybe of how it's happened to you? Oh, if you don't mind sharing? Or? You haven't had a lot of bad reactions. But or maybe something you've heard someone else experience. Can I give us a, uh, a hypothetical example? Yeah. yeah. Let's say someone has an issue with sharp things. And... Uh, you know, it's going fine, it's going well, it's going well. But the word sharp as a metaphor is used. They freak out and they're panicking. Know your partner and know what to do if that panic happens. Uh, get them to a place where they can answer why, give you some kind of communication, even if it's nonverbal, shaking, nodding, writing it down, and learn from that. It's just someone, eventually someone's going to go into that place where it's going to be negative for them. Mm-hmm. And them knowing how to pull themselves out of it and the hypnotist knowing how to help them out of there, even if helping is just leaving them alone, is important. So I'd say it comes down to a level of mutual, personal, and interpersonal understanding. Anything you want to add on that? Um, have that backup plan that's like, if things go wrong, and what are your expected responses? Like, what do you do when things go wrong, and what do you want me to do? If that thing goes wrong, you made it sound like earlier, like it, things, especially in the beginning, things will not work more than they will work. And um, is that right? I mean, so sort of, you have to sort of find the combination, or uh, I just depends what you want to do. I, I feel like inductions work more than they don't work. Mm-hmm. Lighting someone's bones on fire tend to take a bit of time, right. and a lot of what I want to do, or someone wants to try with me, is let's let's do regulated breathing where I you control my lungs. Let's do a thing where my eyes feel like they're backwards. Right. And it's like, okay, we're going to need to take some time, do a long induction, mm-hmm. and risk that this might fail right. to try it. Because I feel a lot of my it's going to fail mentality comes from the fact that I do a lot of experimental play and a lot that is just kind of, that would be a weird idea, what if. <laughs> there are so many what ifs in how I play with hypnosis that I feel like I line myself up with kind of easy to mitigate failures. Right. Um, I want to say that when I started hypnosis, the very first thing that we did worked really well, but it was very much a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. So they brought me into trance and were like, uh, where is your happy place? Explain Mm -hmm. that place to me. And then we went through like a little adventure where it was just in my head. Mm -hmm. And then we tried in the following weeks, we tried different things, very much like sensory things, uh, feeling wind, uh, tasting things and none of those really stuck and I felt like I was doing something wrong like it wasn't working for me mm-hmm. um, then we tried fear play which very much was uh, the shadows are evil and they're coming to get you type of thing and that really really worked on me I 
fell in love and I was like, that is the thing that I want to do. About a month later, we did a class on it. Yeah, we talked. And I demo bottomed for that class. That was fun. It was the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has definitely given us a lot to think about. It sounds like you have like sort of a, a huge long laundry list. I mean, if you come up with someone's bones turning on fire... You've got a pretty active imagination. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, you. Give us some of the things you haven't done yet that you would like to. Or... Uh, not that I would like to. Um, let me think. Okay, so in Mortal Kombat, uh, <laughs> oh, when you do a fatality with Raiden and like you shock them and like five skulls come out, like the the, the body exploding one. I would like to make someone feel like their bones are multiplying to an extent their like head was going to explode. Like Fist of the North Star, you're already dead. <laughs> <laughs> so like somewhere between uh, Kinshiro's ridiculous death poke right. and a mortal and a Mortal Kombat three fatality, I would That's like amazing. to do to someone. That's amazing. Please don't take notes, <laughs> I don't no. know how well it would work, this is right. a but I want to do that. And I, I love, I love just absurd hypnosis scenes. I think I made someone's bones like jelly, and he was like burr, 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 once, and that was so much fun, and I loved it. <laughs> um, but this has been a really, really uh, entertaining. Yeah, oh, one more thing, and yeah. if you are in the New York City area, a New Jersey area, can get out to any of the test meetings. I'm D'Artagnan on FetLife, capital D dash capital A. R-T-A-G-N-A-N, like the douchey musketeer. <laughs> we'll have and... links on the Masscast website oh, on this great. episode. They'll great. give a link to you as well. If someone's not in the New York area, is there a website uh, in general that you would suggest people you'd like a source? Or is FetLife... I'd say I'd say FetLife. Uh, look up hypnosis groups, because if you... I mean, I'm going to say, if you, if you click enough people and find the right links, you're going to find the New Hampshire one, you're going to find the New Jersey one. Right. I am selfish in that I'm very much in my community. Uh, and I haven't gotten the consent from the people who also run other SIGs I know of to talk about of them course, on, the, on, the, on the podcast. But if you find my profile, link to Hypnosis New York... Um, You'll see, you know, myself as a group leader, Zany M is the other is the other coordinator. I co-coordinate. Uh, Mr. Dream is the test board member who made this all happen. So click the right people, follow links. You're you're going to find discussions, resources, and a lot of information, hypnosis that you wouldn't have thought was there before. Thanks, guys, so much, oh, thank Melody you. D'Artagnan. We yeah. really appreciate it. Thanks. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Ta-da. Thank you, Melody and D'Artagnan. You can find uh, their contact info on the, the website, massacast.com. While you're there, you can feel free to donate to keep the show going. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.